0: hello and welcome to quadrivia the podcast that takes you a step beyond trivia and into the minds of the people who craft it i'm aaron with orange cat trivia in richmond virginia
1: i am Corey with third degree entertainment in spokane washington
2: I'm Jeremy with Liquid Courage in Chicago.
3: I'm Jason, also with Liquid Courage in Chicago.
4: And I'm Jeff with RMT Trivia, also in Chicago. You know what
3: this podcast needs, I just realized? About more more Chicagoans. (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's not enough. Never enough of us. I just need a plurality of people in my own time zone. That's all I want. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, we can get Heinz on East Coast.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: Uh, Dween's out on the East Coast. We've got Nicholas. He's out there.
2: I don't know if we can get Hines. He's got an epic beard. Him and Corey might go to war.
3: <laughs> I also have a
4: beard. How come I keep getting left out of the beard
3: conversation?
4: Okay, Jeff. Note
3: how you didn't refer to it as an epic beard yourself when given the opportunity. Yeah. It's not epic. It's a, just a regular type, but... Come on.
1: Well, we love you anyway.
3: I know. I mean, I have a beard. His name is Jeremy.
4: <laughs> <laughs> beat me to it. I couldn't get it I couldn't get it in time. Damn it.
3: I quit. So, it's a holiday weekend, right? And we're uh we're operating as such.
4: Yes, very much
3: Excellent. so. Excellent. Yeah. Let me grab my hard root beer here and <laughs> settle in for this recording. How oh. you guys been?
2: Is this where I uh, crack the Coke and pour another rum and coke?
4: Yes.
0: Ooh, you know, I'm doing recording. a whiskey and coke right now. There you
2: go. There you go. <laughs> I've
4: been treating the last two months like a holiday weekend.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah,
3: I have too. And it's it's probably wreaking havoc on my liver. But you only apocalypse once? Hope so. So yeah, for the listeners, in case you haven't picked up on it, uh, we are recording this episode on the Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. So uh, happy summer to you guys. Apparently it's the official <laughs> start of summer uh, tomorrow.
1: What are, what are we at right now? Are we two weeks out? on uh recordings when y'all listen to this it's going to be like second week of June
3: yeah if all goes according to plan it'll be like yeah about the 10th of June or, or something like that math is hard
0: Corey <laughs> I, I like i like they you are asking the listeners what day it I is am. you know they can't talk back right
3: <laughs> well i want to know though like
1: i want to know what the future is like right now they, are, they can't, are we they doing can't better you. did we did we get a second wave
0: i hate this line of questioning <laughs> <laughs>
1: are the bars open again talk to me people let us know. <laughs> chime in on, jump on Twitter, leave me a message and be like, hey, Corey,
3: here's how today is. I
2: appreciate it. <laughs> Let
0: me describe the present to you. <laughs> One time in my
2: life I've ever wanted experts in their field to be wrong.
3: Just to be clear, Aaron. Um, yes, sir. You, people do not respond back in real time when they hear podcasts, right? That's, that's the thesis you're throwing out there?
0: Oh, no, people absolutely do, but the podcasters can't hear them.
4: <laughs> oh, Valid. My testing also supports that because I yell at podcasts all the time,
0: and they can't hear you. It's really listening to trivia podcasts. It is so frustrating.
4: I yelled at, wait, wait, don't tell me today, because I (laughs) I knew (laughs) one of the uh, not my job questions. It was about the first item sold on eBay, which was a broken laser pointer. I was listening to that too. I was like, it's a broken laser pointer. It's a broken laser pointer. It's a broken (laughs) laser pointer. Charlie's (laughs) like, shut up, Dad.
0: Like, all right. It was so funny. Listening to her, because it's like, she's an astronaut. She's been to space. She's smarter than probably everyone I've ever met put together. But (laughs) she's whiffing on the wait-wait questions because they're absurd. Like, you're supposed to. Yeah. But, you know, it made me feel good about myself for 10 minutes. Then I realized I'm never going to go to space. Well, don't say never. (laughs) You never know. That's true.
3: Well, if Elon Musk has his way, you'll get there.
0: Ugh.
4: Yeah. I've flip-flopped on him recently. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'd rather not go to space than let Elon Musk have his way.
1: I I do that often. Sometimes I love him. Sometimes I hate him.
0: You know who always hates him is Ken Jennings. (laughs) Really? Oh, my God. Yeah, I'll send you the thing. He lost his shit on Twitter. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic.
2: He trolls him on Twitter all the time.
3: Can we just take 30 seconds to acknowledge what kind of terrible trivia fodder Elon Musk's friggin' kid's name is? (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: The spelling count?
3: I am so glad I am not in a live bar environment right now to hear all the terrible team names based on that, also a terrible name.
4: Yeah. Like somebody
2: sent it out to me one day. Like they they spelled it out online. I was reading it. I'm like, okay, so it's something, well, not spelled it, you know what I mean? It's like something Archangel. Like the A12 is the Archangel.
3: Yeah, that's the theory I've seen, but I don't care enough to look into it. Yeah,
0: come on. Like, come come on.
3: I'm calling him Doug.
0: Doug. (laughs) I'm not calling him anything, because he's an irrelevant child that hasn't done anything yet, except have a dumb name.
3: And be worth more than us put together will ever be worth.
0: Well. <laughs> that's probably not even his real name. He's probably just trolling everyone. Just well, Kyle. California California wouldn't let him put on the birth certificate, because it's too stupid, or complicated, or something. Same thing. Yeah. Steve Doug. Well, let's call him Steve Doug. <laughs> St- Steve Doug Monk. You him, Steve Doug. <laughs> <laughs> So we're all a little loopy from having been cooped up forever, and um, really, no, we're fine.
1: <laughs> what about you, listeners? Are you loopy from being cooped up? <laughs> Tell I'll us. Wait in the patiently
3: comments. for you to respond.
1: <laughs> I can't
3: hear you.
1: Oh, I just got a tweet. <laughs> I didn't. Nobody tweets at me.
3: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Remember, send your time travel tweets to QuadriviaPod.com.
4: That would be excellent timing if somebody actually did tweet at him currently.
0: I wish I knew enough about Twitter to make it happen.
4: <laughs>
1: oh, I have a message. Corey, oh, you know Peter. you're
0: live, right?
4: <laughs> yeah, I should I should tweet at him. I'm doing fine, Corey. Thanks for asking, man. <laughs> June's
1: fantastic. PS, this is me in the future.
3: <laughs> we should just put up a very obscure like one sentence tweet on the Twitter right now. And then go into, like, exhaustive detail about what the hell it means for the next five minutes. And nobody will get it until this episode drops in, like, two weeks. The long con? (laughs) Yeah. Or we could talk about cheating.
0: I vote that. Uh, uh, Do we have to? So the last episode we recorded, we had Peter straight on with us. And we got into a discussion about the rules for our different shows. Um, And the one thing that we sort of talked around but never talked about was cheating because we figured that was a big enough issue for us to dedicate its own episode to it and not try to weave it in to the different ways that we handle it. So what we're going to do today is talk about the way that our shows handle cheating. Corey, I'm going to start with you because I think you have a slightly different approach than the rest of us, if memory serves. And if I'm wrong, just yell at me. Hey! Just like that. That was perfect.
1: I've been practicing, actually, just in (laughs) case you say something wrong, so... No, I, I do, actually. I, I started off uh, being very anti-device. Rule number one is no cheating, obviously, but then the spiel goes into no cell phones, tablets, laptops, smartwatch, Google Glass, Oculus Rift, or anything else with which you can look up the answer. But I've adjusted that, and the rule is now no using your devices to look up the answer. I've come to the realization that it's June 2020, hmm. and I can't stop people from using their phones. They're constantly going to be texting or Tindering or whatever other things people do on their phones. Like, they're <laughs> they're always on it.
0: Could you not think of a third thing someone might use a phone for?
1: Calling someone?
0: Okay. <laughs> who uses their
1: phone like a phone?
0: That's <laughs> not what it's for.
1: Uh checking the sports ticker
0: cool ah! I'm-,
3: <laughs> I'm grabbing that url right now the sports ticker Oh, <laughs> there we go <laughs> lock
2: it up folks we're going home it's for sale
0: i'm sorry i asked but i'm also not sorry
2: welcome to quadrivia after dark
0: <laughs> oh my right. oh, god
1: Whatever they happen to be doing on their phones, they're going to do it. And if I tell them not to be on their phone, they're just going to try to hide it. Whether it's something they should be doing or not, like even if they're just checking their, their email, they're still going to be holding it under the table and being all sneaky with it so they don't get yelled at. And so I'm like, fuck it. Leave your phones out, but I want them above the table and I want them face up. As long as you're doing that, use your phones. Be on your phone. Do whatever you got to do. Just know that I do walk around while I'm hosting. I will be looking over your shoulder, so probably keep like your dick pics you know, <laughs> not on your screen. Uh, that's uh, the other
0: thing you can use your phone for.
1: <laughs> looking at your own dick pics. That is, that is the other thing they're doing with them. But I say just, just don't cheat with it keep it out, keep it open and obvious so that if somebody is worried, they can look over your shoulder and be like, nope, it's all good. Uh, and now the rule is just, if you're being sneaky with your phone, if you're holding it under the table or doing anything weird, then I assume you're cheating and you get zero points for the round.
4: I Actually, my format is based on exactly that idea. It, 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 I have a very similar rule to you as, as far as... You could use your phones, just don't use them to cheat. I built my format. Uh, It changed from a team-by-team Jeopardy! style questions way at the beginning to everybody answers the same questions like most pub trivia places. But now I do one question at a time, uh, similar to Jason and Jeremy. Everybody brings up their answers after that question. And the rule that I have is that once your answer is in my hand, you're free to use your phones again because you can't change your answer. So once that answer crosses the plane onto my desk of grading then their whole table is unlocked to do uh, Tinder and Twitter and check the sports ticker. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say that without laughing. Well, What but
1: else would you call it?
4: I built it specifically with your exact standpoint in mind. Getting an entire bar to not have their phones in their hands for two hours while you host trivia is a fool's errand. and. I've seen a few bars where everybody puts their phones in a, in a little basket in the middle. And when I do bigger events, uh, especially ones where there's been a history uh, of cheating or, or or even if there's no real cheating, just the concern, you know, because there's bigger prizes up for grabs. I'll put a Ziploc bag in the middle of the table and say, look, this way you can see if you're getting an emergency phone call. If you get an emergency phone call and you have to leave in the middle of one of the rounds, you know, just don't come back for a second, you know. But my weekly game is built on the idea that for the first minute after I ask the question, talk with your team, come up with an answer, bring the answer to me, and then for two minutes while everybody else is figuring it out, you could be on Twitter or on Facebook for a couple seconds before I ask another question. That way you could ignore the outside world and go into your little phone space and feel safe like everybody wants to without uh, creating a situation where everybody feels like they can't touch their phones for two hours. I I built my game specifically to deter cheating and make it easier for me to catch cheaters by doing that.
1: Now, have you always done the one question, one answer? Or did you recently make that change?
4: No, that's uh, ever since I switched formats from, uh, it, it was one question, one answer per team. So I had a big board of like, uh, I think it was nine categories with four questions each. And I would go team by team and they would pick a question and category kind of like a Jeopardy oh, board. And okay. they, would, they would get that question and nobody else could have it. And when we had uh, a few enough teams, they would be able to steal. But with an entire bar full that way, I would go team by team. And basically uh, it only worked because we had a max capacity of like nine teams. And so my old format was really fun, but it, I had to write a ton of extra questions and when I switched to a bar that better suited a larger one question for everybody one answer back into me format uh, I I took that as an opportunity to make the switch. It, It lowered the total number of questions I had to write uh, each week. And I am sad that it did kind of take away, like there was good team rivalry. Like if a team was really good at sports and nobody else was good at sports, they could ignore the sports questions till the ends. Cause nobody else was going to pick them and then force them to answer hard sports questions because that's all that was left. So there was a bit of strategy to it that isn't in my regular game now. Cause everybody answers everything. So six or one half dozen, you could do it one way or the other way. Um, but it, it really only worked just because of the size of the bar that I was working in at the time.
3: That's a really intriguing format, though. I like that. Um, yeah. You know, kind of leaning into the potentiality that, you know, people are going to be enticed yeah. to cheat. Uh, but then building a format where, like, that enticement isn't even there because it's so rapid fire and it's so the, sh- the spotlight is on that team in that moment.
4: Yeah, exactly. That's and- a clever approach. Yeah, that, that way, that team that was answering that one question, everybody was looking at them for the minute that they had to answer the question, so there's no possible way that they could cheat. The You know, there might be two or three teams that weren't paying attention, but me, two of the other teams, everybody's staring at them as they're answering. It kind of, it, it was a, definitely a different feel, and it would not work in almost every other situation that I've found, but for that bar at that time, it was wonderful, it also allowed me. Um, one of the other reasons that I do one question, one answer is a lot of people tend to use the bathroom to cheat. Like they'll, <laughs> especially uh-huh. when you do ten questions at a time, they'll listen to all ten, they'll go to the bathroom, they'll come back with ten answers and turn in a perfect round. Um, <laughs> or at least yeah. that's what I told myself. Like, oh, people could do that, but if I do one question at a time, if somebody's trying to cheat every time by going to the bathroom where I can't see them then i can I could see them physically get up and move themselves to the bathroom and then come back, you know even though I can't see what they're doing in there. I'm assuming that if you go to the bathroom five times in ten minutes that you either have kidney problems or you're cheating you know <laughs> exactly
1: that that is the uh the other half of my my rule number one now too. Uh, no cheating also means don't go to the bathroom ten times during one round, and remember something
4: new every time you come back. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys! I remember now.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> After my third piss in thirty seconds.
0: And they think they've come up with something clever. Like everyone's thought of this. Don't be, don't be the asshole that does it, and don't, don't do anything that makes you look suspicious. Because you're right. not clever. You're not smarter than I am, probably, <laughs> at this anyway. And yeah. <laughs>
4: I did have I did have one person try to pull off something that I thought was at least pretty clever, except they didn't think about what they looked like to everybody else. Um, the menus the menus at the bar that I host at are you know big, double sided, you know fairly big, so you could put them in put them in your lap, you know like a like a big book or something, you know. So if you're sitting sideways, like if I'm looking at the side of you and you hold up the side of your menu. I can't see that you have your phone inside the menu typing the answers and stuff like that, except for the fact that your face is fucking glowing. You idiots. Like, (laughs) like they're like, Oh, he'll never catch me. And I'm like, your face is lit up like the goddamn moon. Like there's, you're absolutely on your phone. Like I just, (laughs) I just gave him zero points. It's was like, yeah, feel free. Stick around. (laughs) This will be fun at the end of the game. But I guess that takes us to the next topic um or i should say the next part of the topic what do you do when you catch someone cheating
1: well first i'd like to hear from the other oh uh, I, get, I guess i guess <laughs> that's true i just
4: assumed that
3: <laughs> oh no i just want to hear jeff talk about the, the crazy cheating stories uh i'm, right. I'm super content yeah. to just lean back and keep drinking my hard root beer
1: well let's let's throw it back to aaron real quick here uh um, sure you you're still a no device host aren't you
0: I I am. um, The speech feel I give at the top of the show is just like, look, if you're a doctor who's on call, what the hell are you doing here? You're way too important to be here. But also just (laughs) put it away. And I I spin it as like, you know, put your damn phone away, get off the sports sticker and get to know the person across (laughs) from you. Like make eye contact, put your damn phone away and enjoy some genuine human interaction. And realistically, people have their phones out. People are checking stuff. Some people like even if they're not on call surgeons, they're checking email, they're responding to texts. And I get it. They're ordering food. But I am very fortunate in that I've got a room full of narcs. So if someone (laughs) shows up and they're cheating, the teams, my regulars will come to me and be like, hey, that table is cheating. And I'll sort of, I'll figure out who they are and I'll look. And if they're scoring really well, then I'll make an announcement. Like, hey, don't cheat. If if they're cheating and sucking at it, then like, it's not a big deal to me. Um, Everyone's, I think everyone sort of knows the score. Like no one's going to, people only get upset when they suspect people of cheating who win. Obviously, I think if you're cheating and you can't get the right answers, then really I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on you because you guys have enough trouble. But yeah, it's it's never been a huge issue. It's been an issue once or twice. And if they're scoring perfectly, and my regulars are telling me they're they're using their phones, and I'll make an announcement. And if it doesn't stop, then I'll stop them when they drop off their sheets and be like, Hey, people are telling me that you've got your phones out. Just a reminder, please keep your phones away during the game. And then they usually leave. Yeah. <laughs> So it's not really a solution, but um, I just—it's—it's it's fucking bar trivia, guys. Like, top prize is a twenty-dollar gift certificate to the bar that gets you three pints and a measly, a, a stingy tip. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's for glory. There is—we do have a league. There's like a hundred dollars cash to the winners of the league. But come on. And I don't—I don't, I don't want to say. Well, I guess I do want to say I think it's silly <laughs> that I feel this way, but I kind of take it personally when people cheat. Um, oh yeah. Like, and I, I know it's ridiculous. It shouldn't hurt my feelings. Like, I'm not normally a sensitive person about people behaving like dickheads in general. But, like, you're going to come into my house and you're going to break my rules? Fuck you. Yeah,
4: I totally get that. So, yeah. Especially the ones that just flaunt it.
0: Yeah. So, if and all, if all else fails, I shame them. I've gotten really <laughs> good at that. Um, what about Liquid Courage? How do you guys do it?
3: Uh, We're really bad at it. That's why we don't. No, (laughs) um, in all seriousness, no, um, when you were talking earlier about the uh, the bathroom policy and seeing people just get up from the table, you know, like clockwork every 10 minutes and then coming back with this like wave of inspiration all of a sudden they remember (laughs) shakespearean sonnets and shit when i broke into the industry about a decade ago the first thing i did is i went to a couple local shows that were going on and i sat down i played in them and i was i was watching the room i was watching the flow uh just figuring out like things that didn't work that i could improve and things that worked that i could uh kind of put my own spin on and one of the things i very much noticed was in a like one round at a time submission format yeah people gonna cheat So the first thing I did with my format was uh, lock down that we're going to do one question at a time and then reveal that answer. Uh, We're going to put a firm, you know, 60 second timer on everything. And I'm going to walk around the room constantly. Now, at the beginning of my shows, I'll, I'll give a little spiel that basically says, you know, no cheating. No Alexa, Google, Siri, Bing, Cortana, Bixby, whatever it's called this week. If you're looking <laughs> it up, uh, you know, if it gives you an answer, then it's cheating. Um, but in practice, it doesn't happen all that often uh, or I'm really bad at detecting it. Uh, they're not mutually exclusive. Huh. But um, I think I lost my train of thought there. Jeremy, pick it back up for me.
2: Um, yeah, it's basically what we do. Um... And I've actually only had it happen one time for sure at a show I was hosting, luckily. Um, and it was actually kind of funny because there was this new team. It was like it was like this 50-something-year-old guy and his like 70-something, almost 80-year-old dad. Uh, so you don't really think much about it. They're like, oh, can we play some trivia? Sure, why not? Uh, I'm glad you want to join in. So I gave them the spiel, kind of told them what was going on. And they were basically perfect on the first five questions of the game. Um, I noticed he had his phone out, like the, the, the guy who had asked me about it, and I walked over there at one point, kind of as I'm walking in the room, and he's got a text message up with, it uh, looked like maybe his mom uh, he was talking to. And I'm like, okay, well, he's out to dinner with his dad, he's messaging his mom, no big deal. That's fine. And usually as I walk around the room, I always kind of take a peek at the phones that are out, especially if they're lit up, to see what, the, you know, what was on there. Uh, and he got a couple more questions right. So as I asked the next question, I was still asking it as I walked over there and I stood behind him. And as I'm standing behind him, he opens up Google and types in the question.
3: The fucking balls, man.
2: Yeah, I know. And I'm like, all right, you know, one minute and I'll come around and get those from you. And I turn off my mic and look at him. I go, you know, I'm right here, right? (laughs) And his face just like drained, though. Like it was like. (gasps) And then he put his phone away. They got the next three questions wrong and they left. That's the story.
3: <laughs> yeah. that absolutely reminds me I went into uh one of our other host shows uh after one of my shows this is a couple months ago uh, a guy named Ziggy to his Thursday night show because I had a I either needed to switch equipment with him or talk like an upcoming business thing anyway I come in he's about halfway through his fifth round and I sit down his regulars don't know me on site that much a couple of them do oh dear but there are people there you know that played for him before that have no idea who I am so i sit down and it occurs to me that i'm sitting like right across the the aisle from this team and you know ziggy goes into a spiel about the next question and i'm watching the guy three feet from me with his back to me google the answer and i go over to him and i'm like you know you're not supposed to look this shit up right he's like oh no i was just confirming that we were right i'm like he'll tell you you're right in 30 seconds he's like oh no i swear i wasn't looking it up i'm like all right fine whatever, uh, silently texted Ziggy to tip him off. Next question, he does it again. I'm like, dude, you you don't know who I am, do you? <laughs> like, I'm that guy's boss. Uh, and you are now disqualified on my call because you are a flagrant douchebag cheater.
0: And because it's in your best interest to protect your brand. I mean, one of the things that I hear um, from people that drop into my game that never played it before is that they appreciate the fact that no one cheats. That you know, it's an eth- it, it's an honest self-policing. I use mean, the word ethical. That sounds kind of highfalutin, but like there's another game around town that is known for being the place where people are looking up the answers. And people go there because it's a fun bar and the host is fun. I've never played it, but people like it because the vibe is good. But mm-hmm. serious trivia players kind of they're not interested in that. So it's in your best interest to call that shit out when you see it because it's about building a brand of honest game with integrity. Which again sounds super highfalutin, but that is important because the games that allow rampant cheating, I think people kind of roll their eyes at that after a while. Like you don't, it stops being fun when you're not actually accomplishing anything.
3: Yeah. Not one of us is the only game in their respective town. We're in a competitive industry at the end of the day. And people who come out to our shows for trivia know where the other shows are. They, they know, or they've heard of the ones they like the ones they don't like the ones uh, where the topics are are different than they want, or the ones like you said, where it's just a Google thon and the, the caliber and type of player that I assume we all want to attract to our shows is the caliber of player that will leave the shows that are Google Thons and come to ours because they know that there's that measure of integrity. Uh, they know that it's it, it's a fair fight. That's yeah. all they want.
4: Mm-hmm. I've definitely seen that. And in, in Meyer, there's a couple of local trivia companies near where I used to live that uh, I would go visit on nights off, and the hosts don't care the Players don't care, and it's just kind of like, why am I even doing this? Like, me and my team are the only ones not using our phones. Yeah, you know what's the, what's even the point? I mean, granted, I'm here with my friends at a bar. That's always a good time, but what's the point of being at this bar? Why couldn't we go ten minutes down to the street to the game that I know where no one's cheating, or I know the hosts and the questions are of a better caliber? You know, it is it is nice to get that feedback from your teams, though. Jeremy and Jason, do you guys think that your fairly short answer window for each question helps in to discourage cheating. Like they just don't have enough time to cheat or if they did, it would be super obvious.
2: I think because it's the fast, you know, we have one minute timer and most people are playing on a team. I do have some solo players every once in a while and those solo players I know, and I know they're not cheating. Yeah. They're, they're just good at trivia and they don't usually win, but they'll come sometimes come in the top two, top three. Um, because they're good at trivia, and the teams that are there, they're usually big teams. Um, sometimes not always, but um, I I, I can walk around. They know I walk around. They know I look at the phones. They know that that people are going to call them out if they're cheating. Like the regular teams know, because I've had people say, uh, particularly about um, I had a solo player at my show who again I know. Um, they're like, hey, I think he's cheating. He's doing really good, and I go, actually, I I, I can guarantee you, he's not. <laughs>
3: Um, I I think you and I are thinking about the same guy. The solo player. He comes in like like an iPad.
2: Oh yeah. Oh, that's a different. That, that's actually different. I've actually had somebody call him when I've hosted your Wednesday show. Um,
3: yeah, he's um, been a regular of ours for nine years, and I've sat next to him and watched him play. He doodles on his iPad, hmm. and then he just answers forty five of our fifty questions right because he's that big of a trivia nerd.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. And like. And he became. Uh, the funny thing is that on the the Wednesday show, uh, he's the guy to beat when he's there. And the teams like literally will try to beat him. Mm-hmm. And it actually makes it kind of fun. Like it's, it's, a, it becomes a competition. Like, okay, there's this guy who plays solo. We need to beat the guy who plays solo. Yeah. So they will bring their friends. They will build a team for the categories. But I have no less than seven or eight times minimum where somebody has said, hey, I think so and so is cheating or I think this team's cheating. And luckily it's been every time, with the exception of one, and I double checked it. They weren't cheating. They were just good. They were just been at the bar that night. But. I could tell them like right then, like, no, they're not cheating. Like, I, I know that team. yeah
3: There's a really quick fix that I've found to-, to catch somebody in the act, and it's as simple as, hey, do you mind if I see your phone? And if they mind, then they're cheating. If they mm. don't mind, hey, can you unlock your phone? If they mind, they're cheating. If they don't mind, uh hey, can you show me your Google
2: history?
0: <laughs> well, they're looking yeah. at Corey's dick pics.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Corey Marcout dick pics. Wow, that was a <laughs> weird search. That website
3: is actually a lot cheaper than the sports sticker.
2: Yeah, it's sports stickers and dick pics.
3: (laughs)
4: Just every other tab.
2: But there's one time at one of my shows where I I had to check, and I kind of pulled what Jason did where I go, hey, can you just show me your Google really quick? And they did, and there was nothing in there that had to do with it. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, You guys are doing really well. Keep it up. Like, you were doing so well, somebody had mentioned that they were wondering if you were cheating. And I'm not going to tell you who it was or whatever, but I just wanted you to know that you guys are doing real well. Keep it up because people think you're cheating. You're doing so good. That's fantastic.
1: They were Googling in an incognito tab. (laughs) I mean,
2: could that be the case? Yes, but uh, this team has been a regular that's come back since. That was their first week there. And it was like, okay, I have to check because I don't know these people. Hmm. And, you know, I did. I just told them straight up. I'm like, hey, I don't think you are, but I have to check just for the integrity of the show. And they were cool with it. They showed me their phones and they're like, yeah, you can check them all. We're not cheating. I'm like, awesome. Keep it up. Kick everybody's ass. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> I cannot assume that somebody that's there and is legitimately playing and ju- legitimately doing well is going to be offended that you look at them a little extra and you let them know, hey, I'm going to keep an eye on you for a couple minutes, just in case. They're they're almost going to be honored in a sense.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had a couple people be offended by that. Really? Okay. Because I, I have never taken the step to, to ask to see somebody's Google history realistically. I've said do you want to show me your Google history? Like you said, you know, like if they don't want to, Um, but I've had a, I've had a team where I didn't know it, but a player showed up late and they, they essentially whiffed like the first couple rounds uh, and Mm. they just weren't, they weren't playing very well. And then the second half, they were lights out. I'm like, okay, uh, either I'm asking questions more in their ballpark or, something is different. So I kept a I kept a close eye on them and they were just playing really, really well. And apparently it was just the person that showed up was their was their anchor. He was just a mm-hmm. much better player than the rest of them. And so they were really reliant on his ability. But they were not happy when I brought up the fact that they had aced the second half. Like I I, I can't tell if they were like offended that I had brought up their team's maybe inherent weakness without that one player or just kind of made it a awkward moment, you know, you know what I mean? Like just kind of, right. They re- they legitimately weren't doing anything wrong. And here comes the trivia host. They had never played my game before. And here comes the trivia host, you know, peacocking around and going like you guys are cheaters you know i could you know i i got their i got their point i apologized profusely and i said guys look i just wanted to show you like i showed them my score my scoreboard and i said look at you know i don't want to bring up how badly you did in the first half but this is a serious change and you know if there's an anomaly here yeah yeah there's something to be investigated here but that was the only that was the only time that anybody had been upset about that that wasn't legitimately cheating you know what I mean? That That would be like, oh, how dare you ask to see? We're leaving. Like, okay, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Feel free to come back never.
1: So we've talked a little bit now about people that weren't cheating. Let's talk about the ones that were. Uh, Jason, tell me about a time you caught a cheater red-handed. Other than, than the uh, person at uh, your other guy's show. What's the most creative way you've caught somebody cheating?
3: Uh, Because of my format, I don't know that there's a particularly creative way that I've caught somebody cheating. I can think of two instances where I know like dead to rights that I had caught somebody out cheating uh, and without looking at devices or anything. And I think I told one of these stories on a previous episode, but I don't specifically remember. So I'll tell you the other one instead. This was about, Eight years ago, um, I do a five-round game. The fifth round, uh, the theme always changes. And I experimented around uh, with an idea of a uh, countdown round. So basically, the premise was I would give 10 increasingly specific clues to the identity of a famous person or place or thing or whatever. And you would get a guess after each clue. And whenever your guess was right, you locked in that number of points for the whole round. So if you got it on the fifth clue, it was worth five points uh, if you got it on the seventh clue, it was worth, you know, three points or, or what have you. Um, and I did one where the first clue you gave is always so obscure or so esoteric that nobody's going to have a reasonable guess. Like the answer to this one, I think, was Bugs Bunny. And I think I had labeled the round uh, countdown. Who am I? So there was no indication whatsoever we were even looking for a fictional character. I gave a birth date and a location. And 60 seconds later, a team of, like, 19-year-old kids said Bugs Bunny. And I knew. I knew right then. I'm like, you Googled it because it takes five seconds to type this date and this location into Google and pull up Bugs Bunny. Uh, every other answer in a room of, like, 15 teams all had, like, people who would have been 80 or 90 years old. And one team said Bugs friggin' Bunny. I'm like, no way. No way. This This was kind of intended to catch you out. If one of my regular teams, one of my heavy hitters had gotten it, I probably would have been amazed, but not thought twice about it. But this team of, of young kids who didn't play often get it. Uh, yeah, no, I disqualified him for the round because I knew. That's probably my best cheating story, uh, other than the guy who was drunk one night at my rowdy show uh, Googling wrong answers and yelling him out until we bounced <laughs> him. <laughs> but that's a whole other thing for a whole other episode.
2: Well, actually, f- kind of a funny story with that, just kind of a tangent. I had somebody um, uh, during one of the theme rounds, I forgot exactly what it was, um, purposely on the first question yell out a wrong answer. That wrong answer happened to be the answer to the second question in the round. Oh, no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I just stared at him the whole time because when I asked the question, like you saw her face, kind of like the whole like turn white thing. Like, oh, God, <laughs> I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought I was being funny and i just stared at her like just you know shame her and then like the entire bar started laughing cuz they all kind of figured out it wasn't actually a hard question yet in the round it was like okay if you get any of the context clues you're going to get this yeah and like everybody started laughing really hard and it was a funny <laughs> moment cuz we just got everybody just kind of shamed her like
0: <laughs> yeah i explicitly discouraged it's like don't don't yell don't shout first of all it's rude i don't like it and secondly like your wrong answer might I think the worst scenario, I think I've probably said this before on the show, but like the worst thing that can happen is you make a joke you think is great and no one else laughs and that sucks. But what also sucks is when stuff like that happens, when you think you're being really clever and that triggers something in another team and they get it right and now you're the asshole who's helping their team. I'm just like, just shut up. Just shut up. (laughs) I got the microphone. Shut up. You're not as clever as you think you are.
3: Yeah, I just remind my teams whenever that happens that it's a written game.
0: (laughs) That's probably a lot nicer than how I do it.
3: A little passive there. Uh, Jason, like you,
1: uh, I, I'm i sure I've told probably my most satisfactory catch of a cheater before. That was when I did the uh, look and say sequence as a question. And oh, right. Yeah. The, the team got it right, but then wasn't able to replicate the answer, which, you know, without going too deep into it. Like, if you get it right, it's impossible to get it wrong. Uh, So that, that felt really good to catch them that way. But the most creative cheaters I ever had, it took me almost the entire night to catch them. I had this team that sometimes you just have a suspicion. You know when the more obscure questions are coming up correct and some of the more obvious ones aren't. What I'll do is I'll jump on Google myself and I'll, I'll Google my wording for those those uh, more obvious questions. And sometimes you'll see the wrong answers showing up uh, higher in the Google listings because it's talking about something related. And so I had a team where that was happening. Some of the easier questions, they're getting wrong. Some of the really hard ones, they're nailing. So I start paying attention to them and I'm, I'm hanging around their table while... I'm asking questions, and I, you know, I'm being as sneaky as I can, and I hear them, and I just hear them talking about it, and you know, some per, somebody on the team would repeat the question. They'd say, "Oh, what color is James Franco's hair?" And then they'd stop and they'd start talking about it, and then you know that person would just chime back up. Oh, it's brown. <laughs> terrible, terrible example because that would be a shitty trivia question that I'd never <laughs> ask, but. I I couldn't, I I just knew that something was wrong. Couldn't figure it out until I finally noticed something lighting up out of the corner of my eye uh, while I'm watching the table. One person had a smartwatch on.
3: Oh, okay. And they
1: would push the button on the smartwatch just before repeating the question. So the smartwatch would hear them say, what is so-and-so? And then it would return the Google results. For that question on their watch.
4: That's sneaky.
0: Wow. Does your trivia come with a happy ending? Like, what's the end game here? What is the the ben- you're going to so much trouble
1: <laughs> for a twenty dollar gift card? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, they were disqualified. It, it took me. Uh, I, I think I was on the final round before I finally figured out their racket. Uh, it was super creative. It was super hard to uh, catch, but it. You know, I kind of had to give them some credit for creativity. I didn't give them any points. I just didn't give them any (laughs) prizes. And I told them that they wouldn't be welcome at Trivia again if that continued. But uh, the lengths that people will go to, it's kind of surprising.
2: Well, um, that kind of leads me into a question I have that uh, we didn't. I I don't know if we decided to discuss about this is um, being in the online space now. How are all you? How is everybody that's streaming their trivia rounds? How are we keeping up with that? How are we uh, keeping an eye on cheating?
1: I assume they're cheating.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah. the The short answer for me is I'm not.
1: <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I I don't have venues giving away prizes uh, at ma- the majority of them, so it's an I. I've had to remind myself that they're only cheating themselves. Blah blah blah. All of that shit. But. Yeah, I just assume that there's always somebody who's cheating, and I move on.
2: Now, the one thing I do have to say, Corey, is I like how you've done your prizes when you've had them. Yeah. Uh, And I think Jason did this for a show, too, where you gave him the gift card to give away. How it doesn't matter if you won the game, you're in a drawing to win the gift card.
1: Exactly. So that's the, the times when I did have prizes, instead of just giving it to the first and second place teams, I... I found a, a wheel online. It's literally like spinthewheel.com or some shit. But yeah, with that, you can uh, weight each one. And so I will weight every entry by the number of points they got correct.
4: Oh, that's a really cool idea.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the first place team is more likely to come up on the wheel, but they're not guaranteed it. Yeah. And And that was the compromise I came up with for myself. Uh, If a team does cheat to get in first place, at least they're still not guaranteed the win. Somebody else could get it. And I think only once the first place team wound up getting the prize anyways. So, Mm -hmm.
3: yeah, it's worked out pretty well, I I guess. (laughs) Like The way you do it is great because if somebody's going to sit there and they're going to cheat their way through your two-hour stream... To try to win a $25 Uber Eats gift card or what have you. Um, they're absolutely disincentivized when the difference between them cheating to win the card and you know trying their hardest is changing the odds by like from 5% to 7%. It's yeah. too much effort. It's too much sitting there. There's no incentive in it. Yeah,
2: and that, That's what I wanted to bring that up because of the fact that we're talking about all this other stuff with cheating at the show is like, well, you know what? We're in a different space right now. Um, I just thought it'd be good to hit on instead of skipping it completely.
4: Yeah, it's it's a totally different feel. The way that I see it, not that I'm comparing myself to a cultural touchstone like uh, Jeopardy or something like that, but if you're sitting at home on the couch and you're watching Jeopardy and, you know, you're... I, not that you would ever be able to Google things fast enough. But I mean, if you're watching a trivia show and you're Googling the answers, the only fun you're really ruining is your own chance of maybe guessing a right answer. And that's how I see my stream now is it is it is a two-hour block of entertainment that I do to entertain those people. And what they do with that, since I'm not giving out prizes, there's no real carrot. You know, there, mm-hmm. there's nothing besides a little bit of bragging rights for the for the teams that play often. You know, if they want to cheat, you know, I, whatever. I, I could see, because I use uh, the TrivNow app that lets me know when people are outside of the app and then come back in. So I can see if people are doing that, but a lot of times they're just communicating with their teams, you know. So it, it's...
3: Yeah, there's way more false positives than there are, like, catches on that, unfortunately.
4: But, I mean, that's because it, it's, it was built to be people at a table talking, not texting your teammates so that you have one person that's answering for everybody. Um, so we're kind of using it for not it's totally intended purpose. So the false positives, I'm just the, the way that I've seen it is I'm trying to entertain my regular players, maybe pick up a few people that I've never met before that might be looking for just a little fun trivia to play. It, it's pretty low key. We're just here to have some fun together and you know, I'll announce the name of the winners And that's it. And, you know, I don't see that as a a very high importance on cheating in this specific aspect. Whereas on my weekly game, we do give out about one hundred and five dollars worth of gift cards every night. So I'm I'm much more apt to be uh, overly cautious on that they're cheating. They get zero point sides than I would be when I stream where I'm very much okay with, you know, do whatever. We're just here to have some fun.
3: Yeah. And just to kind of put a pin on that point, I mean, we're asking people to get on their phones, get on their computers and spend two to three hours with us staring at us with access to Google at their fingertips. Uh, We cannot possibly police that, you know, the best technology in the world can't prevent them from just opening up another device uh triv now can't prevent them from using their computer where they're streaming to google anything there's there's brands out there that you know claim that you know they have anti-cheating mechanisms and ungoogleable questions no you don't you can't the entirety of the world of human knowledge is available at our fingertips and if you want to be that guy that spends two and a half hours screwing up my stream so you can win literally nothing (laughs) so be it man because i got nothing to give you yeah so i guess on that note um You guys cool if I throw a question to the listeners before we transition? Absolutely. No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Only I get to ask the listeners questions
3: on here. Then ask the question, Corey. I don't have any questions for him. You go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I figure, you know, we're only five people. There's, you know, dozens, uh, uh, hundreds of of good trivia hosts out there and thousands of good trivia players uh, out and about. Um, Do you guys have stories about cheating? Uh, that you'd like to share with us, please uh, feel free to shoot us an email at quadriviapod at gmail.com or share them with us on Twitter. That Twitter handle is at quadriviapod as well.
1: All right. Um. You know what? Before we go into the keyword challenge, I think we actually have a listener email. Jeremy, can you tell us about that? We do.
2: Um, we have listeners. We have we have a listener email, our first listener email, and I thought it'd be appropriate to read it on the show. Um, Okay, so this comes from Olga Shokareva. I'm sorry if I butchered that. Like, I am apologizing now. It says, hi, guys. Hope I got the email right. You did. Just letting you know you did. Uh, And I did reply to this, but you got it right. Quadriviapod at gmail.com is our address. It says, just want to say really quick, great job on the Quadrivia podcast. It's great to get to know you and how you got to where you are in terms of trivia entertainment. I was wondering if you'd be interested to share in one of your next episodes how each of you came up with your logo and brand name. Corey, yours is my favorite so far, but Jason's
0: is pretty cool as well.
1: Olga, you're my favorite so far.
0: You just had to read that last bit, didn't you?
3: I was about to have words, and now I don't.
0: No editorial discretion. (laughs) It says, uh, thanks and good luck with everything you're working on for
2: us. So, yeah, fed the egos there for you guys. Yeah,
1: I'm feeling pretty good about that.
3: I love listener emails that tell me I'm almost as good as Corey. (laughs) Yeah, now if only you could grow a beard. (laughs) I have a Jeremy. We went over this. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you.
1: Olga, that is a terrific email and suggestion, and I personally appreciate it very much. Uh, When you hear this, just know that next week you'll hear us talking about your question. Uh, we'll go into our branding, our logos and all of that.
2: Congratulations. You came up with our entire round table for our next episode with that question. Thank you. So thank you for the email.
3: But as for this episode, should we just do the thing? We're going to do the keyword challenge, guys. Uh, As usual, I have our previous requested uh, randomly generated keyword, name, phrase, blah, blahs. Uh, Together, the number has been pulled, and I think uh, six episodes in, you guys know how this works. Uh, Hopefully, the listeners do, but uh, a quick refresher. We're going to take 10 minutes and write the single best trivia question we can based on the random word, phrase, or name that we're about to reveal. All right, so Aaron and guys, are you ready to hear this week's keyword challenge? Keyword?
2: Yes, yes, I suppose I am.
3: This one comes to us from Scott Gregg in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Hey,
2: Scott Gregg. Hey, thanks, Scott.
4: Oh, my Tuscaloosa heart.
3: And uh, Scott is going to give us 10 minutes to write a question about Nolan Ryan. Ooh.
2: Ooh. I already okay. got it
3: off the top of
2: my head. I got
3: to, yeah. Should be easy enough, right? True or false? Today's keyword is Nolan Ryan. True. I just saved us 10 minutes. <laughs> alright all right, guys we'll see you on the other side hey everyone Jason here while the host and I step away to think about our keyword challenge we just wanted to remind you you can check us out online at QuadriviaPod on Twitter, on Facebook just search for Quadrivia Podcast, and you can always email us at QuadriviaPod at gmail.com we're always happy to hear from you and now back to the show
0: We are back, and we have written some questions. Jeff is going to read his question first.
4: All right. Uh, For the keyword Nolan Ryan, my question is this. Nolan Ryan holds the record for most career strikeouts with 5,714 and most no-hitters thrown with seven. Despite these achievements, he has never thrown a perfect game nor won a Cy Young Award. What Major League Baseball Hall of Famer holds the records for most wins But like Nolan Ryan, never won a Cy Young Award.
3: Oh, you son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm only calling you out on that because I've done this question. I know exactly what this question is. And I think I'm not the only one, am I?
2: Nope.
4: That is correct. This This is what Jason calls a douchey trick question where wherein the answer is in the question itself the answer to this question is Cy Young he never won a Cy Young award because they didn't give him out till after he died the first one was uh issued the year after he died so every now and then I stole the idea of douchey trick questions from Jason so every now and then I throw them in just for just for fun uh but Jason although yours may not be a douchey trick question why don't you give us your question
3: Uh, Yeah, I considered going the the douchey trick question route. I was going to basically ask you what his father's name was (laughs) uh, because Nolan Ryan's full name is Lynn Nolan Ryan Jr. Uh, But I couldn't figure out how to work the words no Lynn and Ryan into a question that that worked for me. So I went a little bit of a different direction while he's better known for a nickname that evokes speedy delivery. What pro baseball player is also somewhat disparagingly remembered as Walker, Texas Ranger? Which is fitting, since he holds the all-time record for career walks in the major leagues. Greg Maddox. (laughs) That's right. On a round that has to do with Nolan Ryan, you went Greg Maddox.
1: Knew it. I don't watch a lot of
3: baseball.
4: Speaking of Greg Maddox, just a quick aside. I just saw a thing floating around on Facebook that he faced something like thirty thousand strikeouts or some nonsense, but he only had three and pitch or a three and count, uh, one hundred and thirty three times over his career.
3: Holy really? crap!
4: Really? Wow! But I just thought that that was an amazing stat.
1: Huh. I I like that. I, I came across the uh the Walker Texas Ranger nickname too, and I was like, oh, <laughs> should I? Like it would be a good avenue to take the keyword challenge to a non baseball place.
3: That was the intent I had with this question is I wanted it to be accessible for somebody who wasn't a big stats nerd in baseball. And also, I mean, we're going to do five questions on Nolan Ryan. I'm sure stats right. are going to come up at some point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> not in my question. They're not. You guys ready?
1: Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah.
0: All right. Famed baseball player Nolan Ryan had a storied career that spanned four teams, eight all-star appearances, and how many years? It lasted about as long as folks like Sahara Davenport, Anton Yelchin, and Jean-Michel Basquiat.
4: Ooh. Oh. That Anton Yelchin one hurts a little bit. Sorry. But yeah, that is a really cool take on that, uh, specifically Mm -hmm. because it's doing what Jason just said. We know that there's going to be a lot of stats thrown around. We know that there's going to be a lot of history about the player, but a really good hint at 27 is a huge that's a huge win for non-sports people to answer a sports question and sports people to also go i know that
1: but also the fact the fact that you didn't use some of the more obvious 27 club Mm -hmm. members no winehouse
3: no cobain, no hendrix yeah no that was that's solid thank you now i'm I'm looking at these names and they look super familiar and i think anton yelchin was the guy who played uh checkoff in the Star Trek reboot film series, right? Yes, he did. And and Odd Thomas. That's right. Um, I'm trying to remember who Sahara Davenport and Jean-Michel Basquat uh, are by name. I will
2: interject this if you have not seen Green Room. uh, Anton Yelchin and um, Patrick Stewart.
3: Oh, okay. It
2: is a messed up movie, but it is really good. Like, just no going in. Like, it's almost horror.
4: Yeah, you can't prepare anybody.
2: no. You can't. Uh, like basically, Anton Yelchin's in a band. Patrick Stewart's the owner of the club.
4: And things go bad. Things go bad. The end of synopsis.
2: Well, probably like so, some of his greatest work. That's what I'm saying. Like it was like right before he died when that movie released, and it was like this guy's got chops. Like I could see him really going places as an actor. And then you know, obviously, a tragedy hit.
4: He was. Um, he was also in before this turns into the, uh, the Anton Yelchin podcast. He was also <laughs> in the Terminator Salvation, wasn't he?
2: You know, I never saw it, unfortunately, but I think you might be right. I think I remember seeing yeah. that
4: him build on it. He's a younger version of what's his name?
2: John Connor?
4: No, 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 Kyle, the guy who goes back in time. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. He played Kyle Reese. Definitely appreciate you guys riffing for two and a half minutes on the one name I knew when yeah. I asked about the other two.
0: Sarah Davenport was a drag queen. I think her oh, okay. most her most famous, like her most mainstream moment, which she was in the second season of RuPaul's Drag Race. And Basquiat was a pop artist. He was a, I believe he was a friend and contemporary of Andy Warhol. He was like the Pittsburgh equivalent of Andy Warhol, I think. All right, My
2: question is this. In 1991, 1990, 1981, 1975, 1974, and twice in 1973, Baseball Hall of Famer Nolan Ryan was able to pull off what feat and set a record that to this day no other player has topped.
3: Is that beating the hell out of Robin Ventura? Probably. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Crap! I need to look that up. Make sure it didn't happen in the same time. But yeah, that would be his uh, no no hitters. He still holds the record by more by uh, I think it's three still for career no hitters. Mm-hmm, so. It is.
4: It is three over Sandy Koufax has four.
3: I think Bob Fuller has four also. Good question. Nice approachable sports question.
4: Yeah, I th- I think um. The only, well, I guess I don't think anybody, I I guess if you're not a sports person, I don't know if anybody's thrown seven perfect games. I don't think that that's even close. I think it's like three or four, maybe. The achievements in pitching, the things that get talked about a lot are perfect games and no hitters.
2: Yeah. And I purposely left pitcher out of the question just to kind of like make people think about it. Now, most people know Nolan Ryan's a pitcher, but if you don't, you just kind of know the name. Oh, he was a baseball player. Um did he get like multiple home runs in a game? Each of those games, Did yeah. He, you know, it, it, I left some ambiguity in there. Yeah, it
3: could also be season records the way you wrote right. it, so. exactly.
2: Or it could be he won the you know an award, MVP, uh, Cy Young, you know things like that. But it's like, like I said, I left enough ambiguity where you have to kind of think about it. But the answer is there because what could he have done seven times? And if you know that he yeah. that he holds seven no hitters, then you got it.
3: Well, you know why Nolan Ryan has seven no hitters and no perfect games, right? Because he's Walker, Texas Ranger. We went over this. <laughs> this it's is
2: true. true. <laughs> uh, and his no-hitters, I think every single one, he had at least uh, uh, was the minimum three walks or something like that in the game I, I was, when I was looking at the stats here. So he had a lot of walks.
3: That's how you build them stats, baby. Corey, what do you got for us? Uh, all right, here's my question.
1: Nolan Ryan has the most no-hitters in MLB history, throwing four in the 70s with the California Angels. What pitcher, also active between 66 and 93, threw two no-hitters for the Rangers and one for the Astros, eventually having his jersey retired by both teams? This player also has a statue in Alvin, Texas, only three hours away from Ryan's
3: hometown of Refugio. I love every word in that (laughs) douchey trick question, except for the word also. What player also active from those years. Um, There is a strong implication just in that word that you're referring to a different player. So I, that's fair. Other than that word, I love the question. I do think that word itself is a little bit of dirty pool.
1: Uh, And actually if that wasn't supposed to be there. I had reworded that entire portion uh, because it, and and this is a a callback to Aaron's question. It had originally said uh, active from, Sixty-six to ninety-three, Uh, And so when I rewrote that, I was gonna remove also, and didn't. That is on me. But uh, it does bring up the fact that he didn't play pro ball in '67. So he did have a twenty-six year professional career that spanned twenty-seven years.
3: Oh, he had a, a season off at the year beginning.
1: He had an injury in '67 and oh, okay. wound up. Yeah, well, he was on the uh,
3: playing for a minor league team. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I like it. Yeah, I like it, and a lot. I'm so glad that the idea of the douchey trick question is really starting to spread. <laughs>
0: uh, a- April 2nd was a Thursday, so I did a round called April Fools. So April Fools apostrophe s was the th- the second round, which was just questions about companies gimmick April Fool ads. Um, and then the next round was called April Fools with no apostrophe, and it was mm-hmm. just ten of Jason's douchey trick questions. <laughs> How did those play, by the way? Once people figured it out, it was great. Um, It was rocky at first, and then it was very, very high get rates and everything.
1: I did something similar on April Fool's Day. I think it was just this last year in 2019. It happened to fall on one of my days. My entire general knowledge round was douchey trick questions. So I didn't didn't tell them that anything was up with the round. I just did that, and uh, a lot of teams didn't catch on to it.
0: Oh, dear. Did
3: you, like, see virtual light bulbs go off in front of uh, the handful of teams who did about a third of the way through, and then they go and feverishly cross out previous (laughs) answers? They're like, oh, I get it now. And a lot of eye rolling on future questions.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The answer to mine, though, obviously being Nolan Ryan. We we did have some feedback from listeners that we have to state that.
3: But speaking of feedback from uh, the listeners, let's get some on who wrote the best question this week. Of course, make sure you check out our Twitter, at Pod. There will be a link up to a Google form where you will submit your vote for which of us wrote it best. And uh, we will release that information, period.
1: Eventually. (laughs) It'll be released when I don't win. So probably after (laughs) this week. uh, There were definitely some (laughs) way better questions
3: than mine this week.
0: Yeah, but we say that every week.
3: Yeah, at some point, we have to actually get a reckoning on who's won these things. Uh, but not tonight. Jeff, ask us some <laughs> trivia, please.
0: Yay.
4: Hey, trivia. I have some I have some trivia fun for you guys tonight. Uh, I wrote you guys a theme round. Uh, not a mystery theme, a theme that I will tell you right off the bat. At my, or I should say, on my Twitch return trivia game, because for those of you who don't know, I spent the last month uh, moving my family from a very small apartment to a much nicer home. Uh, And we've been running around doing home repairs and stuff like that. But uh, this last week was my triumphant return to my 15 or so teams on Twitch. Uh, And I wrote a theme game called The Little Things, where all of the answers had little or lil in the answer. Uh, I did the opposite since Jason played that game. Uh, Tonight's trivia is about big things. So all of your answers are going to include the word big in some fashion. Uh, So, for example... Uh, this nickname for New York City was popularized in the 1920s uh, by New York Morning Telegraph sports writer John J. Fitzgerald. And the correct answer, of course,
0: would be Big Apple.
3: See, I was going to riff some wrong answers, but you probably wrote them in the round.
0: We talked about this earlier, Jason. We just talked about this.
4: Tell them, tell them what you tell them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't yell out answers. There
4: you go. So
0: Worst case scenario, you're not funny.
4: So here's how this is going to work. Uh, I'm going to have all of you guys play individually. All right. um, So number one is over his career, Tim Burton has directed three feature films whose titles contain the word big. I want you to name two of those three. So you don't have to name all three. Just get two of those three. Question number one. Over his career, Tim Burton has directed three feature films whose titles contain the word big. I wanted you to name two of the three. What do you guys got, maybe between all four of you? I, I got these.
2: I think I got all three.
4: If you think you got it. Yeah.
3: Um, It's obviously The Nightmare Before Big Miss and Sweeney Todd, The <laughs> Demon Barber of Big Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no effing idea. Tapped uh, out on this one hard.
1: Did you really? Yeah.
3: Okay.
0: okay. I knew... Big Fish, and uh, then I took a stab and said, Big Mama's House. <laughs> no.
1: I went with Big Eyes and Pee-wee's Big Adventure.
0: Oh. oh.
4: Uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Big Fish, and Big Eyes. Uh, for Big Eyes, probably the most unknown of the three, that's the one about artist uh, Margaret Keene and her husband, Walter, who was taking credit for her work. She would paint people with very big eyes, hence the name.
2: Isn't that, uh? that's Christoph Waltz, isn't it?
4: It is Christoph Waltz and Amy Adams.
2: Ooh. Oh, Amy Adams. Okay, I couldn't remember who the girl was in it. I did see part of it. Um, and I'm like, I know I've seen the part of this movie. I don't, I remember Christoph Waltz. I don't remember who else was in it.
1: And I just remembered it because just uh, two or three weeks ago, my wife and I were looking at it for a date night movie. Aww. And she didn't want to watch it, so I watched it on my own. <laughs> it was
2: on Netflix or Hulu or something. At one point, my wife was watching it, and I saw part of it.
1: Yeah, it was. it was really good.
4: All right, let's move on to number two, written by Norman Bridwell. This children's book series helped popularize Scholastic book fairs in the 1980s, so much so that its main character serves as the mascot for Scholastic Publishing. All right, uh, let's get the answer for number two. Written by Norman Bridwell, this children's book series helped popularize Scholastic Book Fairs in the 1980s, so much so that its main character serves as the mascot for Scholastic Publishing. What do you guys have for your answers on this one?
2: Well, I think I have this one because my son was uh, obsessed with the uh, Netflix show they did based off of these books, and I think that's Clifford the Big Red Dog.
4: Clifford the Big Red Dog is your correct answer. The series, I, I... in my little round, I talked about Little Critters, so I figured it'd only be fair if I talked about children's books again. Uh, the author wrote 80 official Clifford books uh, before he passed away in 2014. Now,
1: I'm I'm embarrassed to admit that I did not get that one right.
4: Oh, I took a big ol' whiff
3: huh. on it. I thought it was the Big Friendly Giant, the BFG.
1: Oh, that's yeah. Roald Dahl.
0: Yeah. Ah. I I knew it from the Scholastic books because that was my jam when I was a kid. The
1: second Jeremy said Clifford, I saw the Scholastic logo with him, but I Mm -hmm. I blinked on it until then.
4: And the second that Jason said BFG, question number seven is no more. (laughs) God damn it. Well, hey, I tried to answer this one. I didn't just yell out a joke answer. Well, we'll We'll get to question seven in a minute. Let's move on to number three. I'm on my way. I'm making it. I've Gotta Make It Show Yeah are the opening lyrics from what 1986 top 10 single? If that's not ringing any bells, you can add one more word to the title to get Bjork's first charting single in the U.S. Uh, Number three, I'm on my way, I'm making it, I've Gotta Make It Show Yeah. Trying to read that as plainly as possible uh, are the opening lyrics from what 1986 top 10 single if that's not ringing any bells you can add one word to the title to get bjork's first charting single in the u.s what did you guys get for your answers on this one
3: is it sad that i got it off the bjork connection
4: absolutely not because bjork is awesome
3: because i think if you add sensuality to a Peter Gabriel hit, you get big time sensuality.
4: Correct. Big time is your correct answer for this one. Uh, it took a lot. I'm a big Peter Gabriel fan. So uh, speaking, I'm on my way. I'm making it as boring as I did is very it goes against the it goes against the flow of what my brain immediately wants to do. Good oh for you. thank god I'm off the schneid. <laughs>
0: I had no idea, and my joke answer might be one down the road, so I'm gonna contribute nothing this
4: year. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's move on to number four. Lo Pan had nothing to do with this one. This first novel by humorist Dave Barry was adapted as a film in 2002, with Tom Arnold, Rene Russo, Zoe Deschanel, and Stanley Tucci headlining the ensemble cast. All right, number four, Lopan had nothing to do with this one. This first novel by humorist Dave Barry was adapted as a film in 2002 with Tom Arnold, Rene Russo, Zoe Deschanel, and Stanley Tucci headlining the ensemble cast. Anybody know what movie that is?
2: Well, I had a joke answer because I have no idea. I said Big Trouble in Little China.
1: I think if you take off a couple of those words, you would be correct.
0: Yep. What?
4: Oh, I was close on this one, but yeah, I didn't land it.
0: I was just talking about this movie. What is
4: it? It is Big Trouble. The book itself is fantastic. My mom bought it for me as a gift. It was hilarious. And then I saw that they made it a movie a few years later. Um, But yeah, that's where the Lo Pan clue comes in. He's the villain, of course, for Big Trouble in Little China. But if you have uh, no Little China involved, all you're left with is Big Trouble. Big Trouble is your correct answer.
1: There were so many uh, more people in that movie. Yeah, the list is are fun to talk. Yeah. About.
4: Dennis, Dennis Farina, um, DJ qualls, uh, Patrick, Warburton. Patrick Warburton and Janine Garofalo. Love Patrick Warburton. Yeah. Uh, Andy Richter, uh, Ben Foster. I could go. On. I'll stop. I'll stop now. Question number five. This nickname for a specific group of players has been used multiple times in the NBA. Once for the Spurs, once for the heat and twice for the Celtics. Number five, this nickname for a specific group of players has been used multiple times in the NBA. Once for the Spurs, once for the Heat, and twice for the Celtics. What do you guys have for this one?
1: No, that wasn't an exclusive list, right?
4: Uh, I don't believe that's exclusive because it's it's such a name that that's a pretty easy thing to throw around, but those are the four that I think are the, the easiest to remember.
1: Well, if I said Jordan, Pippen, and Rodman, yes,
4: that's that's technically one two, but they weren't mostly known by that name, at least not to the extent that these other groups were. Yeah. What? Well, what is your answer, Corey?
1: Well, I'll, I'll wait. I want to. I want to give Jason a chance here.
4: Oh, okay. Um. <laughs>
3: yeah, I mean, you're talking like in the Celtics uh, twice because it was Parish, Bird, and I'm forgetting the third guy's name, but then they brought it back with Pierce. Uh, in the 21st century. That's the big three.
4: That is the big three. The, the one you were missing uh, was Larry Bird, Robert Parrish, and Kevin McHale. And then the, the other one from the Celtics was uh, Allen, uh, Garnett, and Pierce. And then, of course, you had uh, Bosch Wade, and James from the Heat. And then the Spurs was Duncan, Parker, and Ginobili. Number six. Called the longest and most scenic stretch of undeveloped coastlines in the contiguous U.S., This region of the California coast stretches for 90 miles from Monterey County to St. Louis-Obispo County. Number six, called the longest and most scenic stretch of undeveloped coastlines in the contiguous U.S., this region of the California coast stretches for 90 miles from Monterey County to St. Louis-Obispo County. Jason, you answered in like three seconds.
3: (laughs) Well, I'm either definitely right or I'm never going to
4: get it. What is your answer?
3: I think you're referring to Big Sur, S-U-R.
4: I am, in fact, referring to
3: Big
2: Sur. Oh, good. I didn't pull that out of nowhere.
4: Yep. That is the name of it. Sur, uh, of course, being Spanish for South, that is your correct answer.
1: I had no idea and I was way off.
4: Moving on to number seven. The question previously ruined by Jason, although it means oh, locked in. <laughs> although it means different things depending on the context, the same initialism is used for both the title of a roll doll novel and a powerful <laughs> weapon featured in uh, id software video games. Tell me what the initialism stands for in either case. All right. Although it means different things depending on the context, the same initialism is used for both the title of a rolled doll novel and a powerful weapon featured in id Software video games. Tell me what the initialism stands for in either case. So, we already know (laughs) the first one. Jason, you want to go ahead and give us the answer from that one? Oh, big friendly giant. Big friendly giant. The BFG is the correct answer for the first half. Uh who knows what the BFG stands for in i uh in id software games.
2: Oh, I got this one. That's the big fucking gun.
4: That <laughs> is the correct answer. Uh if I 9000. Yeah, or yeah, depending on which game you're playing. <laughs> uh in uh, Doom and Quake, it is the if I'm if I remember correctly quoting the manual, it is the big freaking gun which
3: is what was written
2: in the mail yeah it's like uh dot 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 freaking yeah done.
3: if i were to play your show live and that question came up i would actually uh hesitate to put big fucking gun because somewhere in the back of my mind i feel like they made some like lame in canon backronym definition of that that isn't big fucking gun <laughs>
4: they did it's it's funny that you mentioned that for the Doom movie they named it like the Big Force Gun or some nonsense like that.
2: Yeah, I think in one of the manuals, I want to say it's Doom three. It says Big F U dot, dot dot H dot dot, dot freaking gun. <laughs> they yeah. changed it again.
1: In the movie, it's the Bio
3: Force Bio gun. Force Gun. That's, that's it. what yeah. I was thinking it was. So. I
1: looked that one up for you. So
3: yeah, I would very sadly have put Big Friendly Giant.
2: Sure's not the big fucking giant, the big friendly gun.
1: <laughs> and talking about Elon Musk, there is also the Well, we'll wait.
4: Yeah. Oh no, you could talk about that. He didn't I didn't bring up that was the 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 BFR, the big fucking rocket was the working title for uh, one of the first SpaceX uh rockets. Yeah. Um moving on to number eight, Gogo Tomago, Honey Lemon, Wasabi no Ginger, and Fred are all main characters in what comic book series? Although they share the same names, Disney's film versions of these characters differ greatly from their comic counterparts. Gogo Tamago, Honey Lemon, Wasabi No Ginger, and Fred are all main characters in what comic book series? Although they share the same names, Disney's film versions of these characters differ greatly from their comic counterparts. So, what do you guys have for this one?
0: I have no idea, and I'm going to kick myself when you say it.
4: Oh, you are.
0: I say I've got
2: one of the most underrated uh, Disney Marvel mashups of all time, and that would be Big Hero 6. Isn't that really
1: underrated, though? I feel like it was. It wasn't, though.
2: It came out around the same time as a. Because it's a Disney, it's not Pixar, but it's kind of in the same vein. It came out around the same time as. I think, Frozen, and got, like, completely just buried.
4: Yeah, it it was around that same time. And so, yeah, I I don't know if it was because of the direct competition or just most people were still thinking about Frozen.
2: Now, the, the streaming release of it and the re-release, like, it took off. But, like, theatrically, it didn't do as great as some of their other movies. And, like, even mm. still to this day, people kind of forget about it. It was one of those, it was yeah. just bad timing.
4: And what's interesting, too, they essentially... All of the characters in the Disney movie do kind of the same thing, but they all do it through technology. None of them do it uh, the way comic books do, where they have like innate powers. Or you know, Gogo is also technology. Uh, you know, it's getting too far into comic book land. Yeah. But Fred in the movie is just a guy in a suit that looks like a dragon. Where in the comic book, he literally turns into a giant kaiju-style Godzilla oh. monster. This <laughs> wow. slightly different. Slightly different. But moving on to number nine, speaking of Disney, this roller coaster, first introduced in 1979, can be found in the Frontierland sections of Disneyland, the Magic Kingdom, Disneyland Tokyo, and Disneyland Paris. All right, number nine, speaking of Disney, this roller coaster, first introduced in 1979 can be found in the Frontierland sections of Disneyland, the Magic Kingdom, Disneyland Tokyo, and Disneyland Paris. What do you guys got for this one?
1: Oh, that's got to be Big Thunder Mountain.
4: That is the correct answer. Technically,
0: my guess was wrong.
4: In Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom, it's the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. In Disneyland Tokyo and Disneyland Paris, it's just Big Thunder Mountain. But it's known as Big Thunder Mountain is just the short name for it. And fun fact, depending on what park you're in, In Disneyland Tokyo, they don't have Frontierland. They have Westernland, which is essentially the same thing, but with a different name. Uh, And up until, I want to say 2000, I don't remember the exact year, but up until they began adding Splash Mountain into different Frontierlands, this was like the main attraction of the Frontierlands for almost 20 years.
1: I fucking love this roller coaster.
4: Yeah, it's a good one.
3: It's fun. Oh, Hardcore. Agree. I
1: also love the line.
3: Especially like towards the end of the night at like Disney World, it's like a five minute line. You go like right after the fire, the first fireworks show goes off. Oh yeah, it's a quickie. I love it.
1: I've been to Disney World once. You know, we did like the the five day pass, and I spent a lot of time in Frontierland because I love Splash Mountain and I love uh, Big Thunder Mountain. And at the end of the night, when the lines do die down, I would stop. We had the the fast pass. And I would stop doing that and actually go through the regular line because there is so much interactive stuff in that line that was fun to do as well. Yeah, uh, and I—that's one thing that I really appreciate about Disney is, you know, you see that especially in like the the Indiana Jones ride and stuff too. A yeah. lot of interactive stuff while you wait.
4: Also hidden hidden Mickey's for all the oh, mm, yeah. all the puzzle finders in us. Oh look at those three cannonballs—they kind of look like a Mickey. You know exactly.
3: I mean, if you're going to have to stand in line for two hours so your kid can go on the Seven Dwarfs mine car ride, at least it's not that obnoxious of a two goddamn hour wait. Yeah, right.
0: I also feel like Hin Mickey would be like the trade name of some serial exhibitionist.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's 2 a.m. here. It's just going to get weird. <laughs>
4: Number 10, your last one, which is going to be given away with the very first sentence that I speak. This is a tasty burger. Although it's almost always associated with Pulp Fiction, this fictional fast food chain is featured in seven different films by Quentin Tarantino and his good friend, Robert Rodriguez. This is a tasty burger. Although it's almost always associated with Pulp Fiction, this fictional fast food chain is featured in seven different films by Quentin Tarantino and his good friend, Robert Rodriguez.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. Were you still talking? <laughs> Should we do it on three? Big Kahuna Burger. God damn it. <laughs> Big
4: Kahuna Burger is your correct answer. That is most commonly associated with the scene, of course, where he eats the burger that, uh, that they were eating, or he just picks it up and stares him down while he drinks his soda. But uh, in all of the other movies, it's. Uh, first scene in Reservoir Dogs, Mr. Blonde drinks out of a Big Kahuna Burger cup. Uh, in four rooms in the scene that Quentin Tarantino directed, there is a Big Kahuna, uh, Big Kahuna Burger food and cup on one of the tables. In uh, From Dusk Till Dawn... Uh, when George Clooney, Seth Gecko goes to get food for him and his brother, he returns to the hotel room to find out that Richie had been naughty. Uh, he's carrying two bags from Big Kahuna Burger and Shark Boy and Lava Girl by Richard Rodriguez. Uh, it's shown in a dream sequence. Uh, Kurt Russell mentions it by name in and, and Death Proof. And uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's shown on an ad on the side of the bus. It's not just in Pulp Fiction. It is all over his connected universe. I was
3: going to say that one of these things is not like the other, but yeah. Apparently it is.
4: <laughs> and that was my round on big things. I hope you guys had fun. Nice. Yeah. I had big fun. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> big, big fun.
0: Hooray. All right. We'll
1: see you next
4: week. <laughs> 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 Jeremy, if people wanted to find us on the interwebs somewhere, where would they do that?
2: Uh, they'd be able to find us by sending us an email at quadriviapod at gmail.com. Uh, send us your keyword challenges or send us a note. We'll read it live on the show. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at at QuadriviaPod, or you can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash QuadriviaPod, where we have our page set up. We'll post uh, episode discussions there and things like that.
4: I've been Jeff Bim with RMT Trivia. You can find me on Facebook.com slash RMT Trivia. You can also find me on Twitch at RMT Trivia or Twitter, Instagram. Just search RMT Trivia, you'll find me. And that's RMT as in Riddle Me This.
3: And I'm still Jason Borsum. You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage. And uh, thanks to my buddy Debo. I will remind you that courage is spelled with a K, which (laughs) is where you'll also find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash liquid courage.
0: And I will continue to be Aaron Barkley, orange cat trivia uh, at orange cat trivia on Instagram and Facebook and Twitch and also Gmail.
1: I am Corey. I am at third degree entertainment uh, you can find, they've got me taped up in a basement right now, please, <laughs> if you can just help me out. <laughs>
4: Thanks, Corey. Jeremy, how about you?
2: <laughs> I'm Jeremy with uh, Liquid Courage as well here in Chicago. You can find me personally at uh, JerWG, so J-E-R-W-G on Twitter, or you can find me on Twitch at LK Jeremy.
3: All right, somebody has to feed Corey. Should we call it a night?
2: (laughs) I guess. uh, Yes, uh, absolutely. Did you get the taser ready?
3: All right, everybody, wave at your
2: microphones. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye, everybody.
4: Thanks very much for listening.
1: remember last week well for you how the fuck do i address that do i just be like hey last week we talked about this
2: well, exactly it was two like weeks ago exactly, i'm not yeah. i'm exactly not gonna let
1: like them that lie to in you in that voice i am not gonna let them lie to you we talked about it two weeks ago i know you heard it one week ago it was fucking two weeks ago we took a break
3: Corey, but I think you're taking to... this peek behind the curtain mantra a little too literally right now.
1: Well, that's what we're here for.
0: He's actually holding a curtain. You don't have to do that, Corey. No one can <laughs> I see do. you.
3: I did put
1: a curtain up for Twitch. <laughs> so. <laughs>
2: do, do you want me to take All this right. one? Or you got it?
0: I think he's doing was... great. Keep rolling, yeah. man.
1: Yeah, yeah no, this, this is a fucking content right here. This is live. <laughs> I'm actually twitching right now. Streaming. The better Twitch, you do, stream. the less <laughs> fucking i So just roll uh, through it, baby.
0: <laughs> so.